Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We're in the series called Red Letter Edition. As you can see behind me, I got some red letters. I got my Bible, which has the red letter edition. And basically in the Bible, when you see the red letters, it marks what Jesus said. And so you can know that that's what Jesus said and you can lean into what he said, why he said it, what's he doing. And that's what we're doing in this series because I believe that God's, uh, what he spoke thousands of years ago still is in effect for our lives today. And so we wanna look at Jesus's word. What did he say? How did he say it? Who was he saying it to so that we can bring that into our situation today? And whatever you're facing today, you might be facing an incredible situation. You might be facing uh, an impossible situation, but whatever you're facing today, I know that Jesus's word is gonna minister to your heart. It's gonna give you power to effectively approach your season. So if you're ready to dive in, I've entitled today, The Position of Power. The Position of Power. In fact, can you help me? I don't know if you can do this, but put the little strong arm emoji in the comments right now. Just give me some power right now. Come on, show me some guns. Uh, let's, Let's get some power today. I'm ready to release this word of power into your life to be effective right now. Right now, more than ever, we need Uh, people who are not only following Christ and not only know him, but are working in the power of Jesus. And right now our world is uh, kind of at a place where there's a lot of fear gripping us. There's a lot of um, stopping in our tracks, right? Because we are on a mission and now we find ourselves quarantined and, and you find yourself in a different place in life. And you might be facing situations that you weren't a couple months ago, this wasn't even on the radar. And now you find yourself in a position where, you know, it's, it's different. And so right now more than ever, we need God's power alive in our lives, not just to believe it, but today is all about us positioning ourselves to work in power. So if you're ready, if you're ready, come on, let's put it in the comments, say, I want that power. Come on, put it in there, say, I want that power. All right, so today, let's dive in. I wanna look at Matthew chapter 17, and we're gonna look at the red letters when Jesus spoke. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 today. And we find Jesus and his disciples, and the disciples are praying for healing, and they, this is what they do. I mean, everywhere they went, God's miraculous hand was at work and Jesus was healing people. He was always coming to a situation and he would change it. His presence alone changed things. Um, so they were in the middle of doing that. But verse 14, I wanna look at this story. Uh, it says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. And then Jesus replies, O unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy 
and he was healed from that moment on. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private after the whole thing went down and they asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Come on, say faith. That's a powerful word right there. Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith, small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What a word from Jesus to us today. I can just imagine the confusion of the disciples who had been working in this knowledge and understanding of who God was and flowing in the gifts of the Spirit and seeing miraculous things take place. And all of a sudden, in this one instance, they cannot move this mountain. This kid was plagued with these seizures and convulsions and the father is desperate, bringing his son to say, I need healing. Ever been in that position? And maybe you find yourself there today where you come to Jesus saying, Jesus, I need healing. I need healing for my family. I need healing for myself. I need healing. And in that position, the disciples are, are kind of, out of block. They find themselves not being able to move the mountain. And, and when, when brought to Jesus and saying, hey, Jesus, what happened back there? Here, we've been moving like this. We've been going at it. And now we find ourselves kind of blocked. What is going on? Mark records this same story. And he records at the end when Jesus was talking to the disciples that he said, this kind, this kind of demon, this kind of thing that we cast out can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And so Jesus makes a point of faith, of faith, of faith. And in fact, when he told his disciples that um, the reason why they couldn't get it out was because of the lack of faith, lack of faith. But then he goes on to say that faith as little as a mustard seed is all you need compiled with speaking to the mountain. Now there's a huge principle and motion in this. And it, uh, we look at it with James. And when James talks about how faith without action is dead, right? And so Jesus in this moment saying, you need faith and you need action. And the disciples had been in a place where they were moving in things of God. And for some reason in this moment, their intimacy with his voice or the intimacy with faith in him had been blocked. Uh, I know increasing faith, and that's what we desire, right? We, we desire increasing faith to believe for more. But increasing faith is the byproduct of encounter. Increasing faith is the byproduct of encounter. So the more you encounter, the more you, you know, are around the, the miracles and the presence of God, the more your faith is going to increase. You know, if you pray for someone and they're healed, right after that, if another person comes up to you for prayer, you're going to be ready to go. Yeah, I believe that God can, He just did. He just moved. And so you can keep on pressing into that faith because it's increasing. 
When I was younger, we traveled around the country preaching the gospel and going from church to church. And one of the times we were in Peoria, Illinois, and I remember uh, we were in the church parking lot, we're hanging out as kids, and all of a sudden these two huge dogs come at each other from each side of the parking lot. We were right in the middle, and I remember I was this little kid with glasses on and just hanging out with my bike, and all of a sudden I see these dogs coming at me, and they started to go at each other, but they decided for me to be the center of attention. And so they're going at each other, that's all over me, and I remember that encounter scarred me for life. I didn't get hurt, you know, my glasses came off, and I got you know, a little bit roughed up just from the, the excitement of the moment, but that encounter marked me it increased my fear of big dogs. And from that moment on, I had a fear. I had a fear of big dogs. I had a fear of not knowing, are they gonna attack? Are they gonna go after? Because of my encounter. Because my encounter increased something in me. And, and one thing I, I wanna talk about today is what has increased in you because of your encounter? I don't know where you are today, and you might have experienced different things along in your life. Different seasons have brought different encounters for you. And so you might have even had an encounter with religion, you know, through somebody or some organization or some church, and it might have marked you. That encounter might have marked something in you that raised a quality, a characteristic of you. The same thing is with faith. Faith is increased by our encounter. And things develop in us out of those moments of encounter. Today, we kind of stand at a point in history where we have to make a move towards something. And so we find ourselves in the middle of a situation that none of us have been in before, where we're facing you know, sickness, we're facing a virus that is kind of taking over our country. And so we're kind of in a, in a place where we need to rise up as Christ followers to flow in the power that is promised us. And Jesus tells his disciples, hey, listen, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, if you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will be done. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is a huge promise for us because when Jesus told his disciples that, he was telling them, hey, you move in authority that's greater than what's on this earth. It's a governing authority that is in heaven. And I think of Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added to you. It will be an add-on. It will follow you. The disciples were talking about uh, gaining things and worrying about the things for tomorrow and what shall we eat, what shall we wear? And, and Jesus said, no, 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 don't worry about the things. Worry about seeking me, because when you seek my kingdom, the, the heavenly realm, and you seek my righteousness to be in communion with me, to be intimate with me, to have purity in your life from a life that is following me, in that, you will have everything added to you. Jesus was talking about this position of power. And when he told his disciples, hey, this kind can only come out from prayer and fasting. You know, a fasting is the giving up of something to gain something. It's the starving of one thing to create hunger for another. It's giving up food so you can gain a hunger for his presence. It's giving up Instagram so you can gain an ear for his voice. 
You know, it's giving up sweets so you can desire him instead. It's giving up something to gain something. So Jesus was talking about this alignment, this alignment with with an intimate position, a place where you're so close that you start to hear the voice of the one who sent you, the voice of the one who releases the power. And he's talking about an intimate place with him an intimate place with the power of God so that we can move mountains. Come on, I believe that God is raising up a generation, a culture, a church, individuals, a gathering of mountain movers. And I believe with all my heart that this is a time that God is putting on people's hearts to become those that are righteous, to become those that are seeking his kingdom first. The ones that in the face of adversity, in the face of what's going on, seek his face first. And sometimes we can get caught up in seeking the miracle. And you might be there where you have a situation in your life where you are, number one, seeking that miracle. Or maybe you just desire more of God in your life. And you're like, God, I just want to see your hand at work. I want to see you move. I want to see you speak. I want to see you do things that you've never done before. In my life, I want to experience it. Praying those prayers and saying, God, move like you've never moved before. But I believe that Jesus is raising up a generation of those who seek his face first. Instead of seeking his hand first, we seek his heart first. I'm talking about a position of power where you're so close to God, you're so close to Jesus that out of your life flows the miraculous power of Jesus. And you might be facing situations today where you're looking at a mountain saying, I need this mountain to move. I know that we all are in a, in a situation right now where we're looking at life differently saying we need the hand of God to move more than ever before. But it's hard, right? When in the middle of the situation, how do you have faith increase in the middle of a situation that looks impossible? James talks about faith without action is dead. Faith without action is dead. And faith is the thing that assists action. That when we have faith for something, it can assist the way we step out. It can assist the way that we pray. It can assist the way that we command the mountain to move. It can assist the way that we take that next leap of faith. Right now, you might have faith, but you're like, I don't know how to increase it. I don't know how to step into that encounter with God. And James chapter five, verse 13, it kind of lays out for us how to pray in faith. And it says in verse 13, it says this, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. And James is categorizing the effective and powerful prayer. Come on, how many of you want powerful and effective prayer? 
I know I do. I want my prayers to be effective and powerful. And he says, the prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. Man, I want my prayers to be powerful and effective. I want your prayers to be powerful and effective. I'm believing that in this time, more than ever, that God's gonna use us to spend to spread his kingdom here on earth, to, to send his miraculous power into the darkest situations. But James points out that the, the righteous man, the prayers of the righteous man are effective and powerful. Now this word righteous is actually caught up in God's righteousness. James is talking about this getting caught up in the righteousness of God being so caught up that, hey, we are sinners. We are with blame. But what Jesus did on the cross for us makes us able to come to God and have righteousness in Him. In fact, when, when we come to Jesus, He makes us new. And the Bible says that Christ is in us, which makes us the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing that God does that for us, that we can come to him without having to have doubts in our mind, having that block or that, that feeling that there's a barrier between us and Jesus. Hey, I don't know what your encounter has been in the past, but just so you can know that Jesus is obsessed with you and he wants you to come into a relationship where he is making you righteous. And it's in that intimate relationship. James is like, hey, in this intimate relationship with Jesus and where you are caught up in, as the righteous people, as you are marked with God's righteousness, then your prayer will be effective and powerful. But it's in a, it's in a knowing where you're speaking from, right? It's in an understanding, hey, this isn't me. This is God's power. I need his power and might in this situation but also accepting that, hey, because of what Christ did, I am righteous. It's an understanding of where we are, but an understanding of what he did. An understanding that, hey, we might have flaws and faults in our life. We might have sin that we've let creep in, but we can't stay there. We have to pursue a righteousness in God. It's like right now we're playing baseball out back of our house and my son Zion, he is an athlete to the max. I mean, from head to toe, he's talking about sports, he's practicing sports, he's got a basketball hoop in his room, he's got all the balls, you know, the soccer and football and baseball and basketball, like he's got it all, cards, he knows all the stats, he's just incredible. He's a, just a book of sports. But we're playing outside and I've come to realize that this boy is better than me at baseball. He's really good. And we've been playing, we're playing with a wiffle ball, so don't worry, we ain't breaking any windows, we ain't breaking any rules, but we're playing with a wiffle ball out there and he's just kicking tail. I mean, I'm trying, I'm, I'm actually trying and I cannot beat him uh, just because he's so good. And, and it's that realization that, oh, this is where I'm at. Like, I'm not good enough to beat him. I'm in a place where I am uh, underneath this, this kid who's got the authority when we play baseball. And it's in that realization that, hey, we are underneath an authority, that God is the authority. He is the righteousness, but we can't stay where we are. We have to move forward. We have to increase in our faith. James said, hey, we have to put action to our faith. And maybe some of you, you've had faith in God, but you haven't moved in it. 
You haven't moved in that faith of saying, I know God can work, and so I'm gonna step out in faith. You know, you, you believe he's your provider, but you really haven't stepped into a life of generosity. You believe he can move and heal, but you haven't commanded any healing to take place. You know, maybe, maybe even you have a relationship with Jesus, but you haven't turned from anything that's keeping you away from being intimate with him. There's barriers in your life. There's blockades that you feel that you're just not getting into that rhythm and groove with him. And today I feel like he is calling you to a position of power. He's saying, come on, I want you to be in my righteousness. I wanna put my righteousness on your life that when you pray, when you speak, when you speak to those mountains, they gotta move. They gotta get out of the way because of my righteousness on you. Makes your prayers powerful and effective. And I know Jesus left as a lamb, but he is coming back as a lion. He's coming back for his bride. And right now he is purifying his bride. His word over his church is to turn from anything that would keep us unclean. Turn from anything that would keep us impure because he is calling himself a people that is after his heart. We'll look at 2 Chronicles and it's talking all about Solomon and how he built his temple for the Lord to dwell. And we see Solomon, he had finished all the construction and gotten everything ready. We see his prayer to God in this moment. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 40. It says, Now, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I want you to notice, first off, Solomon called him my God. There's something to be said when it's just uh, something you do, rather who you know. God is not a religion. It's a relationship. And Solomon understood something that there's a relationship here. There's a relationship that God wants to have with his children. And in this, he starts off, my God, my God. And so Solomon's heart in it was that he wanted to build a space for God to dwell. He wanted to build a space that God's presence would permeate. Now, what you have to understand about the time that this was written is that God's presence would dwell in the Ark of the Covenant or it would dwell in a temple and only the priest could come into the presence of God. And so Solomon was praying to God, hey God, please come make this place your dwelling. Make this place a space where you rest. Now, Jesus, because of what he did, the beautiful thing is that he broke the curtain of the temple so that God's presence could be reached by anybody. That means you and I have the ability to step into his presence at any moment. So this prayer of Solomon is like, God, please dwell here. Please be with us. Now is a prayer that we can pray every day. It doesn't have to be a temple that we build. It can be the space that you reside. No matter where you are, you can invite God's presence into your life. And he makes his prayer, he said, God, let your eyes be open. Let your ears be attentive to the prayers prayed in this place. I don't know where your heart is today. Maybe you're praying those prayers. God, open your eyes. Let your ears be attentive to my prayer. Listen to God's response to Solomon from that prayer. We look at it in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 11 and then work up to the promise of 714 of what we're praying for as a church every 
morning and every evening at 714. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name, look at that, God marks a specific type of person. If my people who are called by my name, it's that intimate relationship with Jesus, it's that intimate relationship with God where we know him, where we have his name on us, where we have his righteousness on us. And that is an invitation for every single one of us. There's not one that's better than the other. There's not one that, oh, you've been to church for that many years, so you are qualified for that. No, no, no. The qualification is just accepting who Jesus is in your life, to stepping into a relationship and saying, Jesus, I want you to be my righteousness. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to reign supreme in my life. And then here's the promise. He says, if all that's happening, if all that takes place, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, when, then, after all this takes place, then I will hear from heaven will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And check out verse 15, it says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. He said, if my people will humble themselves, come off their pride. I wonder what, what things of pride do you have in your life today? What things of pride do we have that we need to step off of? And say, God, we need to humble ourselves right now. We need to pray and seek your face. Sometimes I think we seek his hand far away more than we seek his heart. And I believe that God wants to raise a generation who seek his face, who wanna know him personally, who wanna know him as Lord and Savior, who wanna know him on an intimate level. He says, if my people, if my people who are called by my name, the ones I've marked, the ones that I have relationship with, the ones that I know, if those people, the righteous man, right, that James talked about, will, will pray effective and powerful prayers, then, he said, turn from their wicked ways. I love how God starts with humility coming off of our pride, and then he goes into this seeking and praying, really this intimate. You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you seek after knowing them. You know, you don't just get to know somebody just from being distant. You have to get to know them, ask them questions, go after them. And he's talking about a people that is seeking his face, of knowing his heart, saying, God, what do you care about? What do you really want to do in this moment? What is your will for my life? What are you saying and speaking over our life? And we talked a couple weeks ago about his word being final. What is God's word? You know, really leaning into what is he speaking over you? What is he developing in you? And that encounter, he says, then out of that encounter of being intimate with me, of knowing my ways, then you'll turn from your wicked ways. Because I love, I love how Jesus approaches it because he's not this God who comes in and wants to point out things that the Bible says he didn't come in to condemn the world, but to save it. 
He doesn't come into your life to just judge and look and say, and, but when you're near him, when you're close to him, you realize what's in the way, what's blocking you from knowing him. See, it's like these matches. See, these matches are amazing. They're kitchen matches, so they're a little bigger than usual. I love matches. I love fire. I think I'm a pyro, just a little bit. I used to love to play with fire as a kid. But the, the thing about you know, having a match is it's nothing by itself, right? And that's what James is talking about is that faith by itself is dead. I mean, it's just a match. It's not doing anything. It's not doing what it was designed to do. And so sometimes when we have faith, but we don't step into that relationship with Jesus, we don't have that, we have something blocking us from encountering who he is or knowing who he is. Sometimes our prayers can feel blocked. Sometimes the way that we're serving him can feel unrealistic, right? It can feel like something false or something that we're just doing. It's another thing to do. But really your relationship with Jesus is everything. It's everything, it's life. And so when you don't understand the, the role of who Jesus is in your life, when you understand that it's not enough just to believe that God can move, but to really be in a position where you know him, where you hear his voice, where you are in a relationship with him that's intimate and he is uh, your righteousness. He is showing you what is in the way, what is in the way. Because sometimes it's like this, like we have something in the way of us and God. And so we're trying, we're praying these prayers. We're like, God, I don't understand. What? There, there's nothing happening. Like I'm praying, I, I'm, I'm going to church, like I'm reading your word and God, I'm believing for a miracle and nothing is taking place. But it's in that intimate relationship with him that he shows us, hey, look, this, I know, it's, it's something that is blocking you from knowing me, from experiencing power in your life. And I wonder what that is. What is that in your life? What's blocking the power of God from flowing in you? What's blocking his favor from being upon your life? What is blocking, and, and only you can know that in an intimate relationship because God will show you. He says, if my people will humble themselves, and this takes humility, this takes getting off of our pride and saying, God, I need you to show me. What are those things that are blocking me from knowing you? What are those things that every time I pray, I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall. Every time I, you know, I'm, I'm believing for a miracle. We hear all these things at church. We sing these songs, but God, I'm just not feeling it. And it's in that intimate relationship where we say, God, search my heart. David prayed this prayer. God, search me if there's any wrong in me because he wanted an intimate relationship with God. He wanted to be the righteousness of God. And when God shows you that, and we turn, then we, we realize, okay, this is what's blocking me. So I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. I'm going to turn from the thing that's blocking my relationship with God. Because God never wants to point something out just to make you feel convicted or wrong. He wants to point it out so he can get closer to you. He sent Jesus to be Emmanuel, God with us. And he doesn't want anything to block his relationship with you. So this is what we do. We take our faith. We know God intimately. We hear his voice and we say, God, we need you. We understand we're sinners. We understand we're in a place that we are not righteous on our own. But when we are in a relationship with you, where you are number one, where we are humbled and we're in that relationship and we're turning from our wicked ways, he says, then I will hear from heaven. Yeah, 
I will ignite your prayers and I will touch the earth. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. That's ignition. That's prayers that are effective. That's prayers that are powerful. That's something that's igniting something. That's something that's spreading something that's way more contagious than any virus. And then you start to do it again. You're like, all right, God, I saw you move once. I'm going to see you move again. So God, what do you want to do in this moment? And he speaks to you. He's like, I want to move here. All right, God, let's go. Let's go. And you start to see his hand at work time and time again. I must lit up my table on fire but God is protecting me right now and he's protecting you. He wants to be in your life. He wants to, he has chosen you. He has chosen you, he set you apart. And I wonder if you would pray that today. I'm just saying, God, show me, is there anything blocking my relationship with you? Is there anything blocking me from being the righteous man, the righteous woman who is praying effective and powerful prayers? And he's calling us as his people, as those that are called by his name, to step into the position of power, to look at ourselves and say, all right, God, point out, is there anything in me that you need to remove so that I can move in power? I'm believing today for a miraculous move in your life. I'm believing today for a healing for your family. I'm believing for today for a healing for your finances. That, that though you've lost that job, though you've, you've lost something that has been normal to you, though you might have even lost a loved one and you feel such a gap, I'm praying for a healing to take place today. I'm believing that God is gonna move a mountain in your life. I believe this is the life that God wants you to live. It's an intimate relationship that's flowing in power, that's flowing in the things of His kingdom. That as we seek His kingdom first, as we turn from our wicked ways, then, then we'll say to the mountain, hey, mountain, get out of here, move. Jesus says in that relationship, in that position, I will move. You're moving in a different realm, a different power. And I, I want us just to pray today I feel like God is in his gentle way, kind of nudging you. And wherever you're watching from today, I believe that God can point out those things that are blocking you from knowing him intimately, from, from feeling his presence, from feeling his peace, from feeling his righteousness on your life, that you can flow in that power. You can flow in the gifts of God. And I wanna pray today that God would search us to pray that prayer that David prayed and say, God, search our hearts, search our lives. Is there anything that's blocking us from knowing you personally? Where we're flowing in what is rightfully ours as children of the King. And so I wanna to pray today, would you make this your prayer? Say, God, search me. Go ahead and you can say, it's just a simple prayer to say, God, search me, search my heart. Is there anything in my heart, anything in my life, any unforgiveness, any type of impurity, any type of things that have crept in, not to condemn you, but to set you free to live a life of total surrender, of total freedom, where you're walking in power, you're walking in authority. And then when those things come that look like mountains, you can save the mountain. No, 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 get out of here. I don't work in my own power. I work in a power that is greater than anything in this world. Change Church, we believe in doing life together. 
If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.